0: welcome to the revenue cafe the revenue cafe podcast is brought to you by breadcrumbs the revenue acceleration platform in each episode we will bring you interesting conversations on all things sales marketing and cx related the hope is we will help you along the path to revenue acceleration and entertain you along the way
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining another session of 10 Things. We're continuing our conversation around the challenges related to COVID and the crazy year that was 2020 and what it looks like in 2021. We have Esty Zimmerman with us from Acadian Labs, a cool homegrown company that offers solutions to help in this work from home environment. Uh, We're going to be chatting about some of these challenges uh, and just tips in general around uh, sales and go-to-market. Uh, Essie, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Of course, I'm very excited to be here. I was eager to see the opportunity come through. Awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. As always, we have Joe Iker on the call as well. He'll be jumping in uh, and out of the conversation uh, with some of his keen insights into all things sales as well. Um, Esti, I think it's, it's probably best to start with like a little introduction. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Acadian, uh, just so we're all on the same page.
2: Definitely. Yes. So I, My name is Esti, as you mentioned. Um, I'm the sales operations manager at Acadian Labs. I've actually been there for just six months. I was hired during the pandemic, and I am remote out of Minnesota. Our company's headquartered out of New York. So I think that alone highlights how, um, you know, companies are looking at talent differently. Um, I believe I also got this job with my, my brand that I call I call myself a gifted generalist. I can do a little bit of everything, which is what my job is at Acadian. It's not just sales ops. I'd say a little do marketing ops, a little bit of sales enablement, definitely partnering with finance a lot. So a little bit of everything. Um, and then Acadian, I will say the culture is amazing. It's a homegrown company. As you mentioned, we've been around for about six years, and we primarily focus on the Cisco unified Communications space. Um, so we provide software that streamline uh, communications and provisioning and anything that is um, to do with unified communications.
1: Awesome. Thanks for that. hmm I guess it's probably best if we start kind of just with the big the big topic, right? Which is uh you know 2020 was a little bit of a bonkers year. Uh COVID took the world by surprise and forced people to make uh, all kinds of changes and pivot very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, in your experience, what do you think uh what do you think's been the biggest challenge or or the biggest change uh due to, you know, the circumstances from last year?
2: Yeah, I would say for our company, I would say just like other companies, we had to transition to work from home. So I think that has been a challenge. But we were lucky because we utilize the software um, at our company. So we were able to pivot relatively um, easily to that environment. And then I know a lot of businesses have been struggling to get leads and that sort of thing. But because of what we offer to our clients and Um, we were able to maintain our current customer base, and they actually bought more of our provisioning software, some of our console software. Um, And so we actually were able to actually fare pretty well, um, which is really great. But I would say the biggest thing for us, too, is that in this work-from-home environment, most all the live events that we rely on for most of our leads were canceled. And so we're actually seeing that even right now in our Q1 here, it's been challenging to get to those touch points without that human interaction. Um, so that's definitely a continued focus that that we're working on about how do how do we make sure we're getting to our leads in the right way.
1: So yeah, that,
2: that's what we had. Yeah,
1: super interesting. There's actually kind of two parts to that that I'd love to dig into a little mm-hmm. bit further. Uh, the first part, given like given what you guys do, what you sell. Were you already well positioned for a, a work from home situation were you guys already doing that kind of or was it like a hard a hard pivot like some businesses
2: i wouldn't say it was a hard pivot at all um we were able to do it i would say like i mentioned i was hired during the pandemic and so i was you know i never started a job remotely but it went really well mm-hmm. so that was easy um so we are p- well positioned but i will say our culture was definitely one of an office culture based on what i know um and so i think it's been hard we actually m- over half our sales team is new so i think also just getting everyone onboarded and everything has been challenging mm-hmm. uh, because you don't have that face-to-face interaction of hey let's go into the warm room quick and do that so right you know, our technology enabled us to be well positioned, but we've definitely had our growing pains with, with this new world.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So do you think that that biggest challenge is that, you know, spontaneous uh, communication, like turning your chair around, just having a chat. Yes. Okay.
2: I would definitely say that because I would also say with the space we're in, it takes a long time to learn all the nuances of, of unified communications. I mean, we're so fortunate that our VP of sales um, came from Cisco. She has a great background. So our leaders know that space really well. It's just we also have quite a few new reps. And um, um, I will say it's just been the past year or two that we have really adopted our CRM process and development. Right. That's one of my big initiatives. So without prior um, process with our CRM, there's no data or history to understand the history of accounts. Sure people inherit this it's just kind of been a little bit of a hodgepodge and so um for people to just reach out and say i mean we i think they do you know our team does a great job to the extent that they can but i think we're finding like they don't always necessarily it's harder to just like ping someone and feel mm-hmm. doing that if you don't know the culture yeah i mm-hmm.
1: uh, just out of curiosity you guys are on salesforce or hubspot or, or we're
2: on good old sugar
1: Sugar CRM, okay.
2: Sugar CRM, Um, yeah, so uh, we had a sales director who was hired just over a little bit a year ago. So he came in and he's definitely, um, so prior to me was starting to put a process in place for understanding like, you know, you need to log activities, log meetings, demos, close opportunities. So basically we just are now getting good history in our database to be able Mm -hmm. to look at trends. Um, And so that's kind of where I come into and understand actually my background is in finance. So I made a career switch. I worked at General Mills as a finance manager for eight years Mm -hmm. prior to this. So I'm an analytical person as well as a salesperson. I will say my, my blood, I bleed sales in my DNA. My Mm -hmm. my parents are both hard salespeople, but yeah. So I think it's just been hard to get that adoption of CRM too. Right. Well, don't
1: love sugar necessarily sure yeah of course um cool that's well that's interesting uh the second part of what you were mentioning was kind of the reliance on live events Mm face-to-face type of lead gen opportunities Mm -hmm. Uh, how have you guys adjusted have you embraced the virtual event world have you gone more digital are you spending more on paid ads like what how has the business kind of adapted to that
2: yeah, so we've had webinars. So something um, that we rely on heavily for our business is partners. So a big strategy for us is expanding our partner network um, and our enterprise. So we have enterprise and partners. So we've had um, webinars for partners and webinars for our enterprise accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way. And we get really great attendance, actually. So that those have been super successful. Um, we have had them about once a quarter. And what I'd say is we're... what i'm doing with our bd and marketing is really evaluating our tech stack as well so we use zoom info um to really get good leads as well um and so something that we recently that i've recently thought of and i listen to a lot of podcasts like i'm a podcast junkie Mm -hmm. so there's a bunch of sales ops podcasts and whatnot that i listen to so i learned on one that i guess you know people are to get to the right person faster more people are calling cell phones and we currently didn't have any data cell phone data for our contacts so that's something that we're working on integrating um, because we need to get to the right people at the right level faster and just Mm -hmm. having their home phone or or whatever phone is in zoom info isn't isn't getting us what we need so that's something we've we've been evaluating cool yeah.
1: So it sounds like you guys have made like a bunch of kind of tactical level pivots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's consistent across the board. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know, but like Bright was actually founded as COVID became a reality. So we've oh, really? only, we've only known business in the COVID era. So, okay. um, for us, it's our, our, our reality, but, um, the tactical seems consistently true. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm wondering about strategically or in terms of like overall goals and planning has that, taught, have you guys had to, you know, rethink your, your strategy, rethink your goals? Uh, mm-hmm. Is it, you know, are you staying the course, but just pivoting the tactics to support? Um, how are you guys thinking about that?
2: Yeah, that's a really great question. So I would say, like I mentioned before, I would say we're pretty much seeing the course, but changing the tactics a little bit to adapt. So like I mentioned, we're really fortunate because our software is needed for companies to be able to work from home. So one of our big strategies then is expanding our current client base, um, customer base. And then, as I mentioned, really expanding our current um, partner enter- enterprise network. So with our partnerships, we really want to strengthen those and really leverage the extent we can because they help um, us get to our customers faster, right? So we, part- we have partners who then, bring us leads and generations that so that has been a big strategy that we haven't been as focused on in the past. That's one area. Um, and then the other big thing is just continuing innovation with our products to our different offerings as we are finding new learnings in terms of what works as, you know, Teams is becoming a big thing. Can our software, you know, develop, can we develop any sort of software around that? So, um, I wouldn't say that we've had to change drastically because, to be honest, 2020, we actually did pretty well. Um, we were able to, to basically hold flat or grow a little bit in terms of our whole business. So, like I said, our space, we've been fortunate, unlike I know a lot, some other industries like hospitality, retail, that sort of thing. But it's super interesting for your business that you came about during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know it was um, not planned, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, our the the genesis of our business actually lies in a bunch of like serendipitous moments mm-hmm. um, that kind of started fall of twenty nineteen, um, and just the pieces started falling together really well uh, in terms of you know the our our founding team and like the product vision and the strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just unfortunately, simultaneously, COVID was evolving. Right. Yeah. Um, the the good news is, unlike unlike some of these uh, industries that you're mentioning, and, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, you know, travel and tourism has had a, a rough time. Anything related to anything related to hospitality, really, um, you know, tech has, for the most part, been in- insulated, or so it seems. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is we only really had one way to go. We were starting from zero. So growth was the only option. Um, right. And, uh, yeah. and, and so we've been lucky, like we, it, it's, it's gone really, really well. Um, you know, we developed the, we got from idea to proof of concept, you know, in a matter of months, uh, proof of concept to MVP a few months later, um, MVP to like, you know, fairly stable product and, and in a position to sell. Uh, A few months after that, uh, and now we're really off to the races, right? Um, So you know, the biggest difference for us has been similar to you um, guys—not so much from a lead gen perspective, but you know, a big part of my life uh, and my co-founders has been these events, right? Uh, Either as representatives of the businesses that we're with, or you know, networking as part of our you know side hustles, for lack of a better term uh, or just maintaining relationships and those evaporated. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's been a big adjustment. Um, in, in one way it's been kind of a blessing as we're founding a business because those things are distractions and they take a lot, a lot of time, you know, between the travel and the time of the conference and you know, all that stuff, you're, you're losing days. Um, but on the flip side, you know, it, it, you miss that interact, that face-to-face interaction, the maintaining the relationships, the building of your network, like all of that stuff goes away. Right. Um, And there's like not directly managed, not directly measurable benefits from those interactions in in my opinion. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's really true. And I think, I think it's hard because it was part of our culture and part of the space too. And yeah. So for our lead gen, it's just been, it has been a challenge without those big events because it is for us a lot about networking, um, and getting getting to those partners and finding the right people. So, yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think I think we'll fare okay. We'll be fine. I mean, like I said, we created new positions during the pandemic, so that's the good thing, you know. And I guess to answer your question earlier about, you know, what are our tactics? Yeah, our tactics are changing. Re- you know, hire a sales ops manager that didn't exist before. Right because we need more data. We need more insights to understand, okay, what is our touch rate? Well, you know, touch points, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and like I said, overhaul our sales team um, pretty much and really, really get some really good hard hitters in there. So um, I would say it was just kind of, it's, it's not, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily to hire all new sales reps at one time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely not, um, given and higher sales ops too, when there's little onboarding to begin with, as well as maybe you're changing product and pricing and all of that at one time, and you're used to a stable, stable status quo. Right. So for our leaders, that has been a little bit of a jolt as well.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: We did this for
1: Yeah, I'd love to dig into that a little bit, and maybe it ties into this kind of next topic, which is so it sounds like the strategy is like sound solid, not hugely impacted by COVID, actually probably like helped by COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, you guys think figured out some of the tactics. Mm -hmm. So what does that leave you with in terms of priorities for 2021, either like, you know, corporate business level objectives or like you in terms of your role and sales ops, right? It sounds like getting the reps using sugar properly is probably like number one.
2: That is number one. So I I will take your question in two parts. Um, So in terms of company priorities, I would say we're really focusing on the year of the cloud. So Gartner's report came out. I don't know if you read any Gartner reports. Like I said, I'm a podcast junkie. Basically, I just love information. I love learning. So I read everything. Um, So Gartner, you know, has dubbed this the year of the cloud. And so we're really focusing on technologies that enable, um, you know, migration to the cloud. So I think large enterprises will most likely start migrating there. It won't be overnight. So we're making sure that we're coming along for the ride on that and making sure we're leading that fight too. So not just coming along. I misspoke. We're trying to, you know make sure we're ahead of it. And so mm-hmm. that way we don't get left behind. So that's a big corporate initiative and corporate strategy. I would say, um, like I mentioned, extending our enterprise client base, um, and then strengthening our strategic partnership. So at the enterprise level, we've been successful with smaller accounts. So we're really trying now to get to some larger accounts and maybe expand industries into healthcare and education a little bit more. Those are two big ones right now for us, um, mm. in the remote world. Um, and then for me, like you said, yes, in my role as sales ops, um, Really ensuring integrity of our CRM data, because, you know, a reason I was hired, I would say another trend we're seeing is, you know, data is king. All these data, rev ops companies and whatnot are popping up. And so we want to make sure we're making informed decisions when we go after deals and understand trends and forecasts. But if you don't have good data, you, you can't do any of that. So um, I've learned that from my finance days, for sure. Bad data in is not good, out, out. <laughs> You, you can't make any sense of it. So yeah, able yeah, sure. so to track and, you know, the biggest pushback I hear from, from AEs is that, Oh, it just takes too much time. This is wasted time. But I think it's really understanding, you No, know, we need to do this because we need to understand what deals you're working and when we need our pro- CPO, our leaders, chief leaders to step in and help strategize. Cause at a small company, we don't have layers. We're not a flat organization. So our AE strategize with our VP of sales, right? That's just how we work. And so, yeah, that has been a big, big thing is just really ensuring people are logging activities so we can understand where, where the deals are at easily. It's like very basic for us right now.
0: For sure. Hey, Esti, uh, I I had a question for you too on that, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I've, I've managed uh, sales teams and, and also sat between marketing and sales um, yeah. and dealt with all the data problems. For a priority change like that, like how are some of the tactics you use with the sales team to help them clean up their 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 CRM data, and also maybe some of the ways you help um, push your priorities up to leadership above you? You know, knowing that you're the person responsible for kind of interpreting all of that uh, CRM data and, and additional data coming.
2: Yeah, good question. So I'll answer your, your second one first. So in terms of priorities, it is, I will say, it's a priority of our leaders to get our data cleaned up and get our dashboards so we have the key insights. So I actually report to our president. So he's all about the dashboards, having understanding of where we're at for the quarter. And he's also the VP of um, our overall parent company so of finance. So he, So that has been helpful. So I don't necessarily have to push it because it's already being pushed. And then I just have to keep pushing it further. And I'm really fortunate that our sales director also, this is a big initiative and priority for him, um, to get it in. So I think that has been helpful. It's just now I think really showing that I think the more important question to answer is, okay, what are my strategies for actually getting people to do it? Um and I will say it's so we've actually made it so not only do they have a quota, uh, you know, in terms of sales quota, there's activity quota. They have to hit, you know, so that's part of the performance appraisal process of like, this is, is where required.
0: Yeah. Is there a lot of pushback or resistance to those sorts of changes or do the reps and all of them see the benefit and have started mm-hmm. kind of reaping the rewards of it?
2: I think people have seen the benefit. So it's a mixed bag. Um, I will say the the two senior reps on our team who have been there the longest, so they're not new. They've been with the Acadian probably five years, um, and so and we're a six-year-old company. So for a while, um, they actually do a really good job of it and see the benefit. And we, one of our new newer AEs came from the Salesforce world, so she also is very diligent about note taking and everything and entering activities. And I don't mean to be gender biased or anything, but it's the women who are doing it really well. <laughs> Um, and getting in there, just so has two two guys on our team who aren't necessarily the most organized for all of that, and they're selling though. I know they're mm-hmm. selling; like they are, you know, they're they're hitting their quotas, they're doing what they need to do. It's just getting it so. You know there's not a lot of pushback, it's just oh, yeah, yeah, I gotta do that. I gotta do that. I literally said, Do we need to have a session every Friday where we sit down, you know, virtually and we have a glass of wine or beer, whatever you want, and we just get this input? Like, we need to know. So, I think it's just really getting the right behavior. I don't know if you have any suggestions mm-hmm. how you get well, there. Right
0: I mean, I'm always guilty of not keeping it clean myself, so uh, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Um, when end other...
2: up cleaning it up, I notice things mm-hmm. I put it and put in. I have override capabilities. so
0: for sure. Yeah. One other thing uh, is just the, the the fact that you were hired six months you know into this pandemic in a, in a sales ops role. I'm curious mm-hmm. what you think about most companies these days about kind of a renewed or maybe a new focus on sales ops, rev ops, marketing ops, those types of roles as a way to kind of help um, drive revenue um, for businesses. It feels like this is kind of the right time for a lot of businesses to be looking at it or and in, in a lot of new roles like that are popping up. How do you feel like that's um, kind of shifted, especially over uh, kind of this new COVID reality?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely – become more prevalent, especially with all the rev ops companies that are moving out there. So there's all these technologies. So I think part of it is, you know, sales leaders are getting bombarded in their inba- inbox with all these new technologies to adopt to increase revenue ops, you know, and, you know, enable that process. So I think companies are looking now and saying, oh, wow, we're very overloaded in terms of our data. We don't have any time to digest this. Um, you know, account what we saw at Acadian mainly is we just our sales director was just overwhelmed with his to-do list and couldn't dedicate the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was just causing a slowdown on that. And so I also think that data is king and insights will help us. So understanding what is our, you know how many touches and um, to get to an actual phone call. So I definitely, I definitely would say that I think it is a trend, like you said and more to embrace it i don't know
1: yeah so kind of digging a little deeper onto that like marketing ops sales ops rev ops Mm -hmm. reality that's happening how does it work in in your organization you know is marketing a a strong partner do you have a you said you do a bunch of the marketing ops stuff but there's the actual marketing team uh maybe a little bit there
2: a lot of marketing ops Um, i would say i'm partnering with them i do a little bit of it Mm. Um, I mean, I'm still sales ops and sales enablement, but it's definitely a hybrid role. So, yeah, partnering with our marketing director, really understanding our lead end-to-end cycle. So we don't have necessarily a great handle on that, of terms of how many. What is our conversion rate? Um, so we ne- recently have gotten Sugar Market um, as a tool to utilize to really track leads. So that has been helpful. So I'd say. You know, I think a good sales ops manager and leader partners with marketing to really understand that cycle because that's, you know, part of the very important part of the funnel. Um, and then in terms of rev ops, like I said, yeah, partnering with finance to making, to understand where we're at in our, you know, number for the quarter, really making sure that we're, we're tight and understanding what's going on um, there. And then obviously I talk to my sales team every day. So I, I feel like I'm kind of this hub and then I have all these spokes that I have to make sure that I'm I'm touching. Um, so it's definitely I would say RevOps for anyone who likes to do a little bit of an analysis, partner with fun salespeople who are way better than some accounting people I've worked with, <laughs> a little bit more personality, um, and do all of that. I mean, I think you know, like I mentioned before, it's kind of a gifted generalist type role where you got to be able to figure it out and do a little bit of everything to really figure out where your priorities. And I think for each company, it's going to be different, right? We're small. Our priorities are different. We're maybe at a very different phase of what our analytics are versus, you know, some other companies. So I think each company has to kind of look and evaluate a little bit differently.
1: Right. So I, you mentioned Sugar Market, so that's your marketing automation platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sounds like you guys are really doubling down on, on sugar in terms of your like go-to-market tech stack, um is is there a reason for that like was that a strategic decision or is it because sugar crm was there it just made sense to do sugar market or
2: exactly it was because sugar crm was there so um part of my job that i've decided will be to continue to evaluate like i said our different technologies that we utilize so you know we have yesware zoom info sugar crm sugar market just really understanding How much are we spending on it? What kind of value are we getting at it? So I've started creating a little bit of an ROI analysis. I mean, we do an automated dialer. We have that. So just really understanding how many tools do we have? What's the benefit of it? Because like I said, sugar is not necessarily the most user-friendly. Salesforce, but to, you know, and Salesforce is obviously the best in class is what people think of. Mm -hmm. But as you know, to overhaul a whole, all the technology that you're utilizing at an org is not an easy task. Like you don't do it overnight. You really have to think about it. So we just, you know, decided to go with Sugar Market because it just made sense to sure. get kind of a band aid um, or something quicker yeah. without having to do a complete overhaul.
1: Right. And did you guys not have something in place before?
2: Nope. Oh, okay. Didn't have anything, and like I said, we're just a lot of our reps are new, and we had just basically gotten them trained on Sugar CRM. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: we're not. So a lot of times when I, you know, I get emails and there looks like great things, great demos from all these cool companies out there that are doing really great things in the rev ops space. It's just, you know, we find they don't, you know, integrate with Sugar or it's just not the right time for us. I would love to, to have more streamlined capabilities for us to get insights, but um, that does require a lot. And so I'm always hesitant to necessarily get more technology for us when we already kind of have a long list going. I just want to make sure that we're not just making it longer. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, for sure. Like, listen, we're it, tech uh, tech bloat, uh, I guess, uh, is common in a lot of companies. You know, I, I think the latest number I said was like, the latest number I saw is most kind of small to medium-sized companies have somewhere between 150 and 160 pieces of technology in their company. And these are not big companies. We're talking about small and medium-sized companies. Uh, And I'm sure you've seen the, you know, the MarTech landscape, uh, the famous kind of um, visual infographic. It's got like 8,000 pieces of marketing technology on it. Um, There's tons of tech out there. We happen to be a tech company. We happen to be kind of a – platform that sits between marketing and sales right. um but we're strong believers in in purposeful technology right like tech by itself does not solve problems you need you need strategy you need process you need people you need all those things in place to extract maximum value from technology at, at least that's my my philosophy well,
2: i agree 100 and so i think that's why we're still at this phase of let's make sure we are extracting the maximum value we can out of what we already have in place. Um, Because like I said, our focus is on selling and getting the deals and revenue. And the, so my job part of it, I see is like building the infrastructure to support that process. Um, And if we don't have to necessarily overhaul it to require all our reps to learn something new, which takes time away from selling when it's been a little bit more of a challenge right now, it's just maybe not the right time. Hopefully, as things start to pick up a little bit, and we get it more in a groove, and maybe the vaccine will have—I don't know—eventually. Yeah, <laughs> have sure. event, that would be awesome. I saw Texas is open now, no mass mandate. So I'm joking. We all should just go to Texas for an event. Um,
1: They're like one of fourteen states. It's like a growing trend, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So I don't know. Minnesota fine. So it's, I mean, obviously we have mass, but. Um, I don't know. It's just, yeah. So I'm just hoping that, you know, I'm not, I guess, necessarily eager to introduce a bunch of new changes with technology right away, unless it does make sense.
1: Um, Yeah, totally makes sense. Um, And, and kind of, this has led to a really good segue. We we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff, right? We've talked about uh, strategy, staying kind of consistent tactics, shifting and adjusting um, to the COVID reality. We've talked about, um, you know, uh, getting reps to follow process and make sure that they're, uh, in their CRM doing what they need to do. Um, we've talked about tech stacks and kind of how to handle that. Um, I guess the, 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 best way to sum this up in, in my opinion is given everything that, that we've talked about related to COVID just related to business in general, 2021 has just started. I guess we're, for most companies, they're wrapping up Q1 uh, in a little bit. Do you have any predictions for 2021 in terms of, uh, of uh, the state of business, uh, continuing impacts of COVID, big trends? You know, when is the world getting back to normal? Is there a, a new normal? Like, right. what, what are your thoughts?
2: Yes. Well, I mean, I definitely think there's going to be a new normal. I don't think anything's ever going to shift back to the way it was. I think the biggest prediction that I would say is, you know, talking about the work from home space, I think a hybrid world will continue to exist where some people will be remote and others will have the option to go into an office. Um, I think we've seen that. I mean, humans are social beings, right? I am an extrovert. I need people. I like interaction where our team is. So I think you know that will be a change where people will actually maybe crave going into the office but I think the way in which the office is set up the way in which people work will be different um, I don't know how necessarily big companies will probably be different look different small companies will um, and I think another big chance uh, thing continued trend that we will be able to see is that you can hire talent from wherever and it doesn't matter for example my role if it wasn't the pandemic, I probably wouldn't have been hired because I wanted to work remote from my home in Minnesota, where I, where all my friends and family are. I wasn't willing to move to New York. But in the remote world, you know, we can take talent from everywhere. And I think a lot of companies are starting to do this. Um, so I think those are the two biggest trends that I've seen. And when we'll go back to normal, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the world has been crazy. So... I'm hoping that you know the economy. I think will start to pick up a little bit more with you know restaurants being able to be more open and that sort of thing. But those would be my two biggest predictions um, for 2021.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with the uh, increased openness to remote and sourcing talent as opposed to proximity. Like I think that's definitely, I think that was something that was coming anyways, and COVID just accelerated accelerated it um if i said that correctly but um you know i i think like most things in life like the pendulum swings hard in one direction and it eventually kind of swings back a little bit um you know there's we were talking about the benefits of like sitting in the same space turning around having a quick chat or jumping in a war room and and working Mm -hmm. things out i think there'll be some kind of uh balance between the two things right um you know, maybe the airline industry will rebound with all of the quarterly travel that's going to be happening to get teams together once a quarter or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely agree with sourcing talent. Like our breadcrumbs is a completely distributed team. Uh, I, you know, there's myself and uh, two other people here in Canada. We have a few people in the US, uh, a few people in Italy, a few people in Germany. Um, we're, we're all over the place. Uh, and, you know, thanks to technology we're able to talk on a regular basis we're able to be on the same page uh certainly it would be nice to you know have a happy hour and, and celebrate wins together uh right every once in a while
2: oh my gosh uh, I can... what's that <laughs> said, i know i mean that's something our company so you know it was a big culture of go out after you know we'll have a, a quarterly company meeting and everyone goes out in new york and has a lot of fun right right so what we're doing now every other Friday is if you can make it 4 p.m. Eastern, we have some sort of gathering where we do something. So this week I was dubbed by our president. Apparently I'm the most fun to be head of this crew. Um, and so that has also been something we've instituted. And I think a lot of companies have as well, but like we don't want to force fun, but we're going to have a little bit of happy hour. And this week, apparently the team decided we they want to play charade. so I'll let you know. Keep you posted on how virtual. Yeah, is. I'd love to
1: hear about it. I, you know, like I've participated in a couple of those things as well. Yeah. You know, with with real life friends, with work friends, yeah. with
2: yeah. Um,
1: you know, it, it's a great stopgap. It, it's not yeah. the same as being together, right? Yeah. And, and happy hour doesn't necessarily mean cocktails. It could be, you know, ice water for all I care. But it's it's just being together in the same space and um and hopefully we'll get there uh hopefully we'll get there at some point but i
2: think we will i think i mean one of the goals i think we'll get there i agree we'll get there i need to get to new york to meet the team in person for
1: sure new york's one of my favorite places so maybe we'll cross paths there one time
2: that would be great (laughs) yeah
1: it's only an hour from toronto on uh, on, so it's amazing
2: yeah
1: um thank you so much i really appreciate you taking the time this has been a, a fun conversation Um, everyone it was SD Zimmerman from Acadian Labs if you're looking uh, for a solution around unified communications and you're trying to optimize your remote working situation consider giving them uh, a look otherwise thank you everyone for joining
0: thanks for listening to the full episode make sure you subscribe to social media links below for more detailed info about what we do Take a look at breadcrumbs.io